Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles and the Big Apple in New York City, welcome to all my listeners out there, Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver, at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg, at thecaregiverspace.org. Hello, Adrian. Hello, Dave. Hello. <laughs> Love to hear her voice. Coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 25 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, Podcast Radio, SoundClass, SoundCloud, oh, I messed that up, <laughs> HealthyLife.net, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, MixCloud, Listen Notes, Blueberry, FM, Podcast.com, VIP Internet Radio, TuneIn.com, Facebook Live, Owl's Tale, UBookCast, Fox, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and of course, caregiverdave.com. And we're proud to be voted number one, number numero uno caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and one of the top six best podcasts on caring.com, as well as number three, place podcasts out of thousands on caregiver podcasts on Feedspot. And we have an exciting show planned for today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, we do. It's Laura Staley as the founder of Cherish Your World. She passionately supports people thriving in their hearts, homes, and lives. Oh, this kind of sounds like Dr. Bernie Siegel as well. We've had three guests in a row <laughs> talking about personality, body, soul, you know. Well, um, that's what works. <laughs> yeah. I love it when a plan comes together. Anyway, passionately supports. Thriving in their hearts, homes, and lives, uh, Laura writes personal essays focused on self-discovery, feng shui, emotional health, and transformations from the inside out. Mm. Laura is a published author of Live Inspired, Let Go Courageously, and Live with Love. Transform your life with feng shui and the Cherish Your World gift book of 100 tips to enhance your home and life. Lord, welcome to the show. But before I welcome you, I take that back. I want to take this moment <laughs> to thank my last week's guest, Holly Kelly, who is a gerontologist and a fellow thanatology, whatever that is. And an international and national multi-award-winning author of the Amazon number one bestseller and number one release, Sunrises and Sunsets. I'm supposed to sing that. Sunrise, sunset. And I do know what thanology is. I just forgot. Thanatology. Thanatology. Oh, that does look better. Thanatology. What is that, Adrian? Do you remember? It's per working with people and preparing them for oh, death. I, I didn't realize they had a name for that. That's great. <laughs> Final <laughs> affairs forged with flair, finesse, and functionality. That's F-U-N. Uh, she's also host of the popular globally syndicated Aging Gratefully show. And I was on her show, too, so that was kind of cool. But um, we're talking about 
today, Laura, Laura Staley, and she is an amazing guest as well. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you so much for having me here, Dave. Thank you, uh, Adrian. Great to meet both of you. I bet you were wondering if we ever were going to get around to you. <laughs> Not at all. And <laughs> patience. We love, yes, you need to be patient on this show. We love to ask our guests uh, this question, who the heck is Laura Staley and why was she put on this earth? Oh, that's such a great there you question. Go. Oh wow! Well, I'm I'm many things. I'm, I'm as you indicated, I'm the founder of Cherish Your World. I'm an author of three books. Uh, I'm somebody who uh, really wants people to thrive. I'm the mother of two adult children, uh, Matthew and Juliana. My son is in California. My daughter's in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I was I believe I was put on this earth to guide, compassionately guide, and deeply listen. Uh, with my heart and my whole self to others, um, to a holistic transformation through the wisdom of feng shui, but it's grown so much bigger than that. Um, I studied and done a lot of work in leadership and emotional intelligence and have learned that the inside work is some of the most valuable and transformative work that one could do because uh, our outside lives can shift and change so quickly and rapidly, but if we can connect with what I like calling the inner fly on the wall or the inner owl, <laughs> it can grow. <laughs> you, can name, you can name whatever the seat of the soul, that witness consciousness, that part of you that can just watch and listen and is so quiet uh, to your own thoughts, to the body sensations that you have, to what's happening out in life and the interactions that you're having with other people. It's a, a, a really profound um, place to uh, cultivate. Uh, I, I was here to, I'm here to um, love. Mm -hmm. Well, that's I'm the here. best part because Good. what the world needs now is love, sweet love. <laughs> the one thing there's just not enough of, and uh, especially today as we see what's going uh. on out in the world, in many cities of America, mm. and in New York, and uh, even in your state of North Carolina, right? Yeah. So, so, yeah. Let's start off by talking about the word that many people have heard that may not know the meaning of, and that's feng shui uh, quite simply well it's literally translated wind water and it's the merging <clears throat> of our inner desires or aspirations or preferences with the outer world of our spaces and our and our lives our activities our relationships and it to me the definition <clears throat> is to <clears throat> work to enhance your life through the arrangement of your belongings um, and use the physical space as a, as a guide to your inner world. And then that inner world having a relationship with your outer belongings, because we often get, sometimes we get attached to what's in our physical world and it's an opportunity to let go uh, and to process through those emotions in our hearts 
when we when we can make that connection between the outer spaces and our in our in our worlds and the quality of our lives. So it's it's a three thousand year old wisdom from China, but it's practiced all over the world. Most people want to create safe havens in their living spaces or their work environments mm-hmm. so that they can be productive and creative and love one you know love each other. So in a family to have that home that's welcoming, uh, that when you're there you just feel that good energy. Uh, it's about having that quality energy. Yeah. And now, there are three there are three principles and practices which I'm happy to touch on if you if you yeah, like we to will know. we have plenty of time okay. <laughs> okay. So, so my first question is um, someone like me who really doesn't uh, understand what uh, feng shui we've had a few guests on who talk about feng shui and and it kind of all goes over my head because <laughs> I'm kind of dense um, but I everything that you described sounds like me. Is it possible that a guy like me can be doing all of that and not know he's doing all of that? Sure. Oh, absolutely. Possible? Oh, oh good. absolutely. Yeah, right. Because, for instance, something as simple as uh, choosing a chair for uh, your desk that supports your body and is really yeah. comfortable, that, that you're doing feng shui. If you've got a, a pen that you love to write with, if you're wearing clothing yeah. that feel good on your body, yeah. if you're choosing artwork for your office or your home that you love, that when you see it, it inspires you. And maybe it reminds you of this entire story sure. of, of where you were and who you were with when you got it. Uh, and the cars we drive. Uh, absolutely right it's all included the, the cities people. we choose to live in exactly exactly you know for instance I had a, a, a friend and a client who thought she needed pictures of nature up in her house which were beautiful and when you walked into her foyer, she had these gorgeous nature pictures. But she had a passion for New York City. And as I'm seeing <laughs> in the laptop, these images of New York City. And she had that aha moment. Because I think often I'm just giving people permission, right, to yes. realize. The background of your, of your video, yes. <laughs> right. That, that you can take down those images and put up images of New York City, which is exactly what she did. So for me, it's very personal. Um, it's custom fit to each person that I that I work with. And of course, to clear away the things that are stressing you stressing you out, reminding you of not pleasant experiences, um, the past. Because a lot of times people accumulate things and then it starts blocking yeah. their creativity. They, they start to experience <laughs> confusion in the mind. And, and you, you, <laughs> I can Okay, that's a, the laughter. Adrian can relate. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready for a move. So all the stuff is oh. everywhere. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. I've been to well, Adrian's. Moving is such a great opportunity. So th- that's yeah. so wonderful that you're seeing it and experiencing. And I think most of us 
if we've moved or gone through some kind of life transition, a career shift or new relationship, a relationship ends, you have kids or kids go off, you know, leave the nest, an empty nest, that those points of transition are often opportunities to look at our physical space and go, wow, what needs to change to re reboot and recreate this space to be a reflection of my life right now? Which of course is matching the one of the principles, which is everything, the energy and everything is always changing. And feng shui invites us to embrace change because it's dynamic and, oh, you know, you get that fresh perspective, uh -huh. uh, uh, new insight, ah, and, and the courage to let go of, of whatever might have been blocking the new day, the new moment, uh, and, and resolve those um, maybe even things that have clogged our emotional heart. Yeah. It can be, for me, it's so liberating. Uh, it's incredibly joyful and liberating. People will literally say after they've cleared, oh my gosh, I can breathe. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yeah, I understand. Like, Yay! That's a good thing. <laughs> so uh, it, this is very interesting to me. And so I wanted to um, bring Adrian into this because I've been to Adrian's home. <laughs> and it's it's an amazing, amazing place. Uh, maybe we have similar feng shui's. I don't know. But um, I'm assuming that you are very comfortable in your home, right, Adrian, the way it is? I know things are changing for you now. Things are changing for me. But um, you chose. You chose everything I, that's there. Yeah, we cho I chose everything, but I chose it with my late husband. Mm. And so he there's a double feng shui. Was not, <laughs> he was not as, let's just say, adventurous uh -huh. as I was. So I had to... <clears throat> You've done some remodeling since he passed, though, right? Well, the kitchen, yeah. Yeah. The kitchen is the most my important kitchen. house in the, the kitchen most is important my room kitchen, in the house. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you took your kitchen but, back. <laughs> but the um, I liked everything that we got, but mm -hmm. I might have done a few things differently. But I loved yeah. I love the apartment. And okay, I'm so having, you're. I'm stressing out because I've got to leave the place. <laughs> I know. So it's sad because it's you. And yeah. um, are you thinking about some of the changes that will be in your new place? I know it will be smaller, but It'll will it be, be a, an imitation or a replica of what you have, or are you going to look at different reinvent. things? It'll uh, be reinvented. Blank I mean, canvas. Like I'm, I'm so happy in my little house. I have a place on Fire Island, which I haven't been to because of COVID. Yeah. And um, it's cozy, mm. and it's um, a little fussier, but it's a little more me also. Yeah. So, so what advice can you give Adrian, uh, Laura, oh. as she goes through this difficult transition? <laughs> well, I mean, for sure, you know, take a moment or two or three or as many as you need to um, grieve. Dare I say that? <laughs> you know, because you're, you're bringing closure to a chapter in, sure. in your life, right? And then stay open to that. What what continues to bring that cozy feel? 
those things that maybe you had forgotten about that you really love and want to bring back into your life. So for me, it's an opportunity not only to be creating that space as a reflection of who you are now, but also creating the relationships and the activities that you want to be doing now mm-hmm. in this new stage and this reboot of, of your life and this pretty uh, amazing transition and continue to, to celebrate the, the love that you had with your, your, with your late husband, which is so beautiful and allow that to um, be the foundation on which you are creating your new, your new life. Yeah. The um, the interesting thing is, I'm a native Manhattanite. I was born here. I've lived elsewhere, and I've been looking for a new place to live here. But of course, COVID came, and I've been locked down, and I haven't been able to go looking for an apartment. But in the meantime. For the first time in my life, I've considered living outside New York. And it doesn't feel terrible to be thinking about moving to Ojai, California. So, wow. It's, it's a big change, but it, I'm open to it. it, it it's like because of COVID, I've had. I've had a chance to think about what I want to be doing, not jump into something. It's forcing me to have to rent something for a year. And Mm. while I rent, I'm going to visit Ojai and Sedona and see how it feels. Mm. So fantastic. Fantastic. (laughs) Well, and, oh, and, 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 you'll, and you can let and you can let your body be your guide. Yeah, exactly. Right. Just just listen. That, trust yourself. <laughs> That's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, it's such a it's such a leap of faith. And yet, you know, when you're when your heart and soul are ready to fly to a whole new experience, it's a it can be a little. Oh, but it's daunting. <laughs> Yeah, daunting and, and yet really exciting because I can I can I can feel that as you were mm-hmm. describing it, kind of like taking that little breath and yet the enthusiasm in which mm-hmm. you're opening yourself to that new experience. It's wonderful. I'll I'll try. I'll see what see what happens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, when I when I left Columbus, I had only lived in Columbus, Ohio, my entire or, or central Ohio, my entire life and my adult life in Columbus. Um, and I had a friend and, and then moved two years ago to Black Mountain. I had a friend say, well, you know, if you really don't like it, you can't you can't come back. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I've I've fallen in love. So and may the same happen for you when when you land. And renting is great because it gives you that time to really look and see and and trust and trust yourself and feel mm-hmm. and feel it because because we often um, can are guided when we can feel ourselves and walk into mm-hmm. a space. Um, so yeah, it's wonderful, <laughs> exciting. <laughs> it's exciting, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, a little daunting and a lot of packing. (laughs) Moving is not the easiest thing. So let's talk about let's talk about you, Laura. Um, What do you do, and what practices do you have that help you 
to live that inspired life that you talk so much about? Oh gosh, well for me, I I I, I run or bike. Well, no swimming this summer, but I I move my body in some form or fashion. Uh, a little bit of yoga. Um, yeah, the the body. I've even started to learn uh, belly dancing <laughs> to integrate the divine feminine, which is a lot of fun. I have a gratitude practice and a, medit a daily meditation practice. Uh, sometimes with the the gratitudes, I'll just say them out loud. If if I don't have time to write write them down every single day, those those are just some of the practices. I also for because I know myself to be a fairly highly sensitive person. I know uh, another practice is to, you know, kind of just dip in to the media for very short or, or allow others who have the bandwidth to, to take it in and let me know the highlights. Uh, and that's just a practice that I have to take good care of my emotional, mental and physical health and well-being. And, and being in nature is just, oh, <laughs> that, that it fill, fills my heart and allows me to live inspired. Uh, uh, yeah. And I think the other, the other practice is that awareness, to, to ongoingly be aware when something goes on inside of me. I've had an interaction with somebody and I'm like, oh my gosh, did they... Did they, did they like me, you know? And I, I've, I've got worries going on and to just kind of like look at it and notice, okay, where, where did that come from? What happened? Maybe get <clears throat> on the phone and check it out with that person, but be in communication with myself and these younger parts of myself uh, as well as with uh, mm. other people so that I can continue to learn and grow and, and ask for honest feedback from people who really have my back and want me to thrive and, and be the healthiest and most balanced person that I can can be in my own life. Uh, I would also add that it, it helps immensely that I'm in a love relationship that's the healthiest that I've ever been in in my whole life. And we celebrated three years on oh. April 27th. So uh, <laughs> that is just delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you're smiling. <laughs> I may be blushing. <laughs> right. So you love nature. It, uh, am I hearing a bird in the background chirping? That's Are what you I hearing? heard. Oh, it's very, it's very likely. I've got the windows open. Okay. I have three walls of my. Uh, office slash porch that are windows that face trees, trees, trees. Oh, um, lovely. And, uh, and the birds and the well, birds. And, yeah, and I've seen black bear that have come in the side yard and I get wow. so excited. I don't get too close, but I often sure. find my camera to take a picture. <laughs> Do you have hummingbirds? Well, Sorry? Do you have hummingbirds? Yes. Yes, we do. Oh, that part of the country. I yeah. love the hummingbirds. Oh. <laughs> and I'll hear them a lot of times before I see them. I've seen more hummingbirds here. Now, if I had put up a feeder in Ohio, I probably would have attracted some. But the previous uh, uh, property owner of, of this property uh, did beautiful landscaping that attracts mm. butterflies and, and the hummingbirds. It's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> so um, 
Hummingbirds don't make any sound, do they? The the whirring of their wings. Yeah, they don't it's chirp so. or anything. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're going to take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> I can't think of a better topic to take a break on. Hold on. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words, Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships, is about Charlene, a stroke survivor. Back in 1996, Charlene was a healthy, normal, very active 52-year-old woman whose amazing talents resemble that of both a Martha Stewart and a Wonder Woman. But all that changed when she suffered a massive stroke that left her severely speech-impaired and paralyzed on the right side. Who am I? My name is David. I've had the privilege of being Charlene's husband since 1975. We had a wonderful, fairy tale, storybook-like courtship that culminated in our marriage a year later. Charlene had just come out of a marriage where after 10 years, she received two black eyes and a broken nose by her former husband when he came home high on speed. Charlene believed in no second chances of any kind for abuse, so she left. Finding herself all alone in the world with her five and ten-year-old daughters Cynthia Lorraine and Deborah Lynn, she started raising them by herself for the next two years. Then fate brought us all together. After falling in love with Charlene, Cindy, and Debbie, our love then produced Rebecca Elizabeth. We had a wonderful, normal life for the next twenty years. But today, things are very different for everyone. How about the reaction of nine-time Grammy and Dove Award recipient godfather of contemporary gospel Christian music, Andre Crouch. Charlene just won't let the promises of God go, and she has not let her circumstances get in the way of her faith. She's not just a survivor, she's more than a conqueror, as the Bible states. You'll be encouraged by her testimony, regardless of what you're going through. Available everywhere. Welcome back. <laughs> we are with Laura Daily and my co-host Adrian Gruberg, and we're talking about um, feng shui and all of the things that help uh, us just feel connected to everything that is in our lives. And uh, my next question to Laura is um, to quote uh, George Carlin: "We all have mm. stuff, right? Mm. And our stuff is very important to us." And Adrian's got a lot of stuff. I saw her stuff. Oh, boy. <laughs> but now she's downsizing, and she needs to let go of belongings. Some of them are belongings that she loves but doesn't have room for. And some of them she's willing to let go. They're unwanted at, you know, at this point in her life. But it hurts. It hurts to let go of our stuff. It's like our stuff is a part of us. Mm. Explain that, what's really going on here. Yeah, we imbue our belongings with meaning. In fact, it's, it's one of the uh, first principles that uh, everything has energy and is, is alive with energy. Now, that includes our inanimate objects, and it's because we imbue them with stories and associations and experiences that we have. So that beautiful piece of artwork on the wall isn't just glass and wood and color and images. It's, a, it's an entire story from, from your life experience that hopefully mm -hmm. uh, connects you with that person or people or a whole group of people 
and an experience of love and experience of inspiration. And that's part of the reason that people get very uh, grippy with their things because the belonging reminds them of those experiences that they've had and the whole story. And it, it fascinates me because I've had um, gratitude giveaway parties where people will bring something that they're ready to let go and bring, and bring something that they're, that is meaning, meaningful to them. And you and I might look at that object, right, that, that this other person has brought and just think, oh, it's a, it's a plate. And yet, yeah. oh my <laughs> exactly. gosh, when you, when you hear the entire story of what that plate means to the person, you get why they're holding on. Uh, I remember a woman who had a hanky that she brought. Uh, it was this white piece of linen, you know, mm -hmm. right from that, from that thing perspective. And yet it was connected to her dad who had passed away. And I knew that she was going to keep that hanky close to her for her entire life, mm -hmm. possibly, right? And gosh willing, she didn't lose it or something like that. But that's part of the reason why uh, our belongings become so uh, meaningful to us is they have heart attachments, if you will. They're like the little tiny footprints on, on our hearts that are now outpictured in our physical spaces. And to let go, and to let go is it, it well to let go is a grief. It, it's a grieving process, especially yes. if it's yeah. something that you deeply love. Like like Dave, I heard you say, Adrian, you're you're letting go of some things that you love. I had to do the same thing because I downsized after um, a 22 year uh, mar marriage came to an end, and mm -hmm. children, you know, were adults and went off in their lives, and I went from a family of four and two dogs and you know, however square feet of house I had to, you know, a third that size. And I, I, I got to, to, to grieve. Um, and it's interest. It's interesting because, um, sometimes we might struggle to grieve the loss of a, a loved one, but when we're dealing with the belonging and I've experienced this with clients, even participants in workshops or at those gratitude giveaway parties, where, where once they're with the object, all of a sudden it's like this permission to finally uh, uh, grieve or come to terms with, uh, with that loss and the love. That's why I like calling it grief love because when, when we love so deeply, that's how deep we, we grieve. But it's very important emotional work. Uh, I know our culture kind of trains us to suppress emotion and I'm one of those who uh, encourage, I encourage people to allow the emotions to flow through in safe ways. So you're not hurting yourself. You're not hurting another human being, um, mm -hmm. but really doing that deep work, uh, in, in your heart to stay open hearted to whatever. And then, and then those grat the gratitudes to, to thank, you know, sometimes people have a practice and I know it may sound silly to some people to actually thank the things or take a picture so you have it on your phone, um, but it's not taking up physical space because maybe right. like you're downsizing, right? And you just don't have right. the physical space to bring that big long dining room <laughs> table or or even take a picture. One of, the, <laughs> one of the things I have is a ten foot long dining room table. <laughs> oh, take yeah. a picture. <laughs> it's not so easy yeah. to find an apartment. 
Yeah. Or find a picture. Yeah. Find a picture where it's full of people. You know. Yes, I have. Take that picture. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. Well, um, have you ever been a caregiver, Laura? Uh, of my two children, yeah, but not of a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, um, a mother, but uh, but not of a not of an el elderly individual. I do yeah, have but... an older senior friend here in Black Mountain, and it will absolutely. I mean, she's about twenty twenty years older than I am, twenty five, and it will be an honor if anything happens to her to be mm. there and support support her. In, yeah. in her journey to that, what I call an ultimate transformation. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the things that caregivers go through are the same things that everybody goes through, just more intensely, you know. And so um, you talk about uh, cultivating the inner fly on the wall. What does that mean? I know what it means to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, I wish I was a fly on the wall listening to that conversation. But what do you mean about cultivating the inner fly? Yeah, it's that it's that inner part of you that can just bear witness to be a voyeur for your own thoughts, your own body sensations, your own emotional world, and quietly watch like the clouds pa passing by and expand that quiet inner part of you with compassion and love and peace. Yeah, that's that's how I would describe the inner fly on the wall, and it it takes time, and it's absolutely a practice, because our our minds can be very 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 busy, and what I've discovered is part of the reason the mind gets so busy is it doesn't want to deal with what's happening in the heart, mm. and when we drop into our bodies. Our bodies hold so much information about our lives, mm -hmm. just like our belongings do. And when we drop into our bodies and into our gut, well, often we talk about that having that gut instinct, we gather a lot of information about what, what is going on with us. And, and cultivating that quiet one or that voyeur of yourself uh, allows you to see what needs to shift or become unblocked or heal uh, and and set, a, set, set aside. So you may have this thought that really hasn't served your life. And when you're cultivating that inner fly in the wall or whatever it is that you want to call it, some people call it mm -hmm. the seed of the soul, um, the witness consciousness, that you can begin to separate you from that thought. Like you, the quiet one, can just watch it because we're not our thoughts. We're not our emotions. All of that is just kind of flows in, flows out. We're not even our things. We're not our title because that can change. All of those things are impermanent. But the one inside of you that watches all of this and can notice it, uh, it, it is the is the one that can um, help you transform and heal what no longer serves, and it can help you unblock what might be stuck in your heart, or or how you might be um, protecting mm. protecting your heart, and just kind of soften uh, in that in that voyeur 
place. Yeah. Did you counsel people, don't you? Uh, when I, in a way I do, I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not a counselor, but I am definitely a compassionate guide. So I will deep listen to what's happening for people and I'll watch them because, you know, you ask those meaningful questions and they begin to tell the story and uh, you can feel the energy of another human being when they get really excited. It was kind of like watching uh, Adrian's face light up when she talked about California. There's like this <laughs> mixture of, you know, excitement and yet kind of like, okay, yeah, it's daunting because it's both and. A lot of times we're experiencing both and. So being uh, mindful of, of you know, like paying attention to another human being. And, and when you cultivate that inner fly on the wall, you can listen from a really quiet place. And you can uh, tune in, like I can tune into my own body cues about another human being and, and be that observant. And then just give them, be, be a mirror. Like, oh gosh, I could tell that you were talking about the creepy picture on the wall and, it, and your, your body was just kind of like curling in on itself, right? Whereas when you were talking about this object or this experience that you had, because a lot of times when we let go of things, we open our lives to experiences. So yeah, I, I, uh, so being able to listen from that deep, deep, quiet place um, allows me to just uh, uh, mirror back to a person what I'm observing and what I'm experiencing from them and their energy and to leave them in a place that they're empowered to tune into that for themselves. Like, oh my gosh, what does it feel like when my body's happy? What does it feel like when I have a chair that I sit on that's really comfortable? Rather, or, you know, oh my gosh, I've been, I've been whacking my, you know, stubbing my toe on this curly Q furniture item and I don't have to do that anymore. Like, oh my goodness, no, you don't. Because sometimes belongings in our space cause harm Mm -hmm. And a lot of a lot of this wisdom is about comfort, safety, and flow. But yeah, the deep the deep listening and the compassion because I've often I've experienced so many things in my journey that I'm able to know if somebody is having that moment of jealousy mm -hmm. or envy or resentment or bitterness or you know oh my god I can't believe I have this still you know and I'm like okay what needs to be resolved around your life with that object um, and I've absolutely had clients uh, grieve right in front of me as they're holding belongings and sorting through what they need to let go and what they want to hold on to yeah um, I have a question uh... This is coming at something sideways, so there are many people who are, many caregivers, who are grieving the person who, who are either anticipatory grieving or grieving yeah. the person that's no longer the person that they knew, mm -hmm. whether it's Alzheimer's or uh, dementia or, in Dave's case, his wife had a stroke and he had to adapt. So how do you deal with that kind of grief? Uh, I think it's similar. It's a letting go. It's a, a setting down who, who the person was 
and embracing who's right in front of you right in this moment. And it's a practice. And it takes such courage to let go. We get, we get so attached to experiences that felt good and we kind of want to repel the experiences that hurt or are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, if we can, and if we can open our hearts to what's right in front of us, uh, it, it allows a, a larger lens to grow and a deep radical acceptance for what is right in front of us right now and having those tears uh softening the hands like literally Mm -hmm. and softening the heart um and maybe even the (laughs) that right that too right you know like i don't you know i don't i don't know this person any longer who has this person become and yet Mm -hmm. looking for new pathways to connect so if it's alzheimer's or dementia singing i mean i had a friend who had a concussion and i would sing to her Mm -hmm. and um i mean it, it, it and it was oh right it just because when when we when we open to what is right in front of us then that allows for all kinds of new possibilities and i'm not saying this is this is easy no um, music music is is a great tool to to make the connections yeah yeah, yeah. That, thank you for your answer mm-hmm. oh, yeah you're welcome my pleasure yeah so Caregivers, getting back to caregivers, they <laughs> go through a lot of motions from one spectrum to the other, fear, pain, rage, um, sometimes happiness. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes happiness. <laughs> what, are, what are some of the roadblocks or obstacles that keep people and caregivers, uh, since they're people, from fulfilling their dreams and their missions and their destinies in life because that's what it's really all about right you want to feel like you're here for a reason like the first question i asked you and uh, like when you talked about your first love you lit up like a christmas tree and and when you're talking about you know the pain that other people feel that you all you look so sad you know because you're feeling their pain you know and and so what what are some of the roadblocks? What are some of the things that most people uh, stumble on when trying to discover their destiny and wanting to just be happy with their lot in life, even though they don't feel like they can be happy with what life has thrown their way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a great question. <clears throat> I think. I think there's a deep radical acceptance and there's something about going to a place of the preciousness of life and of being alive. So even if I've got tears or even in a moment of agitation, I can still choose consciously to be grateful for that moment because I'm inside of a human experience and I'm alive to feel every bit of it. And can in this moment I be grateful? I know it's uncomfortable, 
but can I lean into that discomfort with the gratitude and knowing that I'm alive and I'm in this experience and it's teaching me something about being human. It's teaching me about what I really, really care about because, um, you know, sometimes what blocks us is we're distracted by other people's expectations, other people's agendas, other people's shaming us about things that aren't aligned with our hearts and our souls. That and would be guilt. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well, shame is the feeling and, and guilt is the thought that I right. haven't met somebody else's expectations. And being brave enough to connect with your own. And so setting, setting down and maybe looking at all of those different expectations that have come at you, but then setting them down and saying, what am I, what do I deeply value? Uh, I love how Mary Oliver says it, you know, allow the soft animal of your body to love what it loves. And I would add that even when it's painful, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it, when it hurts and you just can't even believe that you're in this experience, there's something there that it's, that it's teaching you about being alive that you in the next moment, if somebody else is having that similar experience, you can actually hold deep compassion because you know what that uncomfortable, really hard place is in your own soul and in your own body. And so rather than spending energy on judgment and, you know, I ought to be and I should and all that kind of stuff, you're in the experience of being alive, connecting so passionately with the experience in the moment that you're having it. And it becomes precious and sacred because the very next moment is something else, right? And the next moment, and then the next moment. Uh, if, we, if we can open ourselves to the impermanence, you know, nothing stays the same nothing i mean we're living through this unbelievable experience yep. right and if, if we haven't gotten to the place where wow you know the seasons really do change the leaves mm -hmm. really do fall off the mm -hmm. off the trees you know the flowers do bloom in the springtime the sun does come up you know like to tap into that inside ourselves so we're not missing the moment. And I think sometimes we're so busy in our mind of fussing about something that happened 30 years ago. Not that that's wrong, but can we, can we bring closure to that thing that happened 30 years ago so we can be in this moment, in this conversation with the two of you, rather than ruminating about something that I have no control over it changing, <laughs> right? I like, I can't do a do-over to something that happened 30 years ago. I, and it's radical, it's a radical acceptance. So yeah, um, yeah, the block, the blo I hope I, I think I answered your question. I, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, you did a good job answering my question. Thank you. Because <laughs> I had a moment going, what was this question? And I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> and, and then the meaning, the you know, connecting with the meaningful life. Yeah. yeah. I just recently took on the commitment, Dave, of being grateful no matter what happened. If there's a tech glitch, 
if I fall and skin my knee while running, which did happen, if, uh, you know, I just recently lost both my parents, um, you know, to uh, really just the gratitude practice is so amazing to take it on for everything. And it's a conscious yeah. commitment because then I get to see what my true preferences are. Like, yeah, I think is- sometimes we have a preference that people not die, but they die. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and uh, gratitude is biblical in all things, yes. Yeah. So we're going to take another break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. Hey, welcome back to the Caregiver Dave Show with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg, and our guest, Laura Staley. And uh, burnout. Let's talk about burnout. How do we know we're, when we're approaching burnout? Because uh, I think once we're there, it's too late. <laughs> you know, you can't just put it in reverse and get out of it. Yeah. Um, but let's say we're already there. We didn't yeah. follow your directions, and we're burned out. In fact, we're fried to a crisp. <laughs> and... We, we've already gone past this, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. We've said things we didn't mean. We've, we've yelled at people. We've snapped at people. We've, we may have even come very close to abusing our loved one because we're just not in a good place. Any advice for those people? Is there hope? Uh, yeah. Uh, um, so forgiveness <clears throat> is really profound. Um, Taking responsibility for that that place that your body, mind, and heart are in, and taking that that deep breath. Um, I'll say I'll just share that moment for me. Um, I lost it. Uh, it was I had several episodes, and then I had a moment that my kids were really little, and. Um, I saw their faces like I opened my eyes after this fit storm I had and and they were terrified and I finally saw the faces of terror on their on their on their you know little faces and uh, the shame that washed over me um, and I knew I needed support I knew I needed to make a change and uh, it's so important to take that time out for self-care because you're the, you, your life 
is connected to so many other lives. And if you haven't filled up that tank, um, it, it empties, right? And then to have those, those gentle practices, maybe it's just five minutes the next day that you let everybody know I'm taking a time out. And this is what right. I began to communicate to my kids and they were little. I mean, I called the professional because I actually needed some professional support for what was happening for me. And, um, and I, you know, reached out to others to support me and taking some things off of that, off of my plate so that one of the things on the plate was me. So you, and I, and I know it's a flip-flop, especially for caregivers, you know, we're so trained, give, give, give. And yet if, if we're not uh, filled up, then it, then the martyr thing, the resentment sets in and wow, we are just not, being our best selves uh, and so starting to put you on the calendar whatever that is whether it starts with five minutes ten minutes once a week however you can structure it into life and then reach out for support I think sometimes caregivers think that they can't reach out for others in community and say wow I absolutely got to have that time now Emotionally, I'm, mm. I'm maxed. I'm maxed. Yeah, so important. Thank you. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. <laughs> um, this explain uh, what's behind you there. Did you paint that yourself? Uh, well, this collage actually. Let's see if I can show it. This collage I made that is personal, and then this is a this is the love, live, laugh, love flag that a. Uh, dear friend gifted me that got to come to North Carolina. I had it up on, on a door in my other house and it's now on the wall. <laughs> I can't believe how fast this hour has gone. Thank you so much for coming on the show. If listeners are interested in finding out more about you or your book uh, or email you, uh, where can they go? Uh, they can go to cherishyourworld.com or loveyourspacelovyourlife.com. Um, my email is laura at cherishyourworld.com. I'm also on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Um, the books are available at Amazon except for the gift book. I, I have a box of, of those. So you can go to my website to, to get all three books. But uh, for Let Go Courageously and Live Inspired, you can uh, go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and also there's some, well, I guess the bookstores aren't quite open yet. But, not yet. Um, also, not yet. Um, but eventually the, those will be available in, in some local bookstores, both in Columbus and in the Asheville area. And Adrian, uh, how can listeners reach you? It's Adrian at thecaregiverspace.org. And all the social media connections can be found at thecaregiverspace.org. And they have chat rooms and... Uh, we have forums and, and chat rooms and a magazine and a, a, a virtual magazine. And mm -hmm. lots, of, lots of different things that will help. Are you the editor of the magazine? 
No, um, that's cool. Too bad. You're such a great editor. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, I, I do edit, but I don't edit other other people's pieces unless they ask me to. <laughs> I got to. That's a good policy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm at caregiverdave.com, and we have three free gifts for anyone who goes to caregiverdave.com and goes over to the section that says uh, burnout quiz, free burnout quiz. And because a lot of people don't know that they're burned out. Um, and this will <laughs> remove all doubt <laughs> and tell you how to get better. So until next week, we will see you again. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Laura. And thank you, Adrian, every week for tirelessly coming and doing this. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. And bye-bye. Like the sun will never rise Like the birds will never sing oh.